This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. The NFL is back, and I am so excited uh, to break it all down with Shay Dixon, uh, on this edition of the pod, as we got to see Joe Burrow get his first NFL start, uh, losing in a heartbreaker. We saw Clyde Edwards-Lair roll up uh, a t- league-leading uh, number of yards rushing in week one, and there's plenty more to talk about. And let's dive right in, and I want to start with Burrow, because Shay, we were texting back and forth about it, and lo and behold, he goes down and he gets that, that he calls his own number and gets that quarterback draw, and things are looking great. Things are looking up, and things were looking that way for the Bengals to get out of week one with a win. But uh, unfortunately for them, it, it wasn't meant to be. No, I mean, they came down. Much will be talked about with the final uh, play or plays. He led a two-minute drive um, that was really well executed all the way down to the three-yard line. Uh, they didn't have any more timeouts left, but uh, they had clocked it. They had seven seconds there. Uh, and then it just come off of a play where uh, A.J. Green had – scored a touchdown, and then they called it pass interference. So the scene was seven seconds left um, and the ability to either tie the game uh, with no timeouts or have one more play to the end zone and uh, and then kick a field goal. And they went ahead and just kicked it with seven seconds. They missed the field goal. They did not go to overtime, and, and they lost the game. And look, that right there, that was one of my bigger issues, just probably frustrating. I don't watch a lot of Bengals football, but I watched them yesterday the whole time. And you're you picked Joe Burrow number one for a reason. It was because you're the worst team in football last year. The expectations are that anytime you can get a win, you go for it right here. You don't need the number one pick again. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. You're going to end up finishing with a top 10 pick. Get a get, get a win when you can with seven seconds left in Burrow. Throw a fade to AJ Green in the back of the end zone or let Burrow roll out and just throw it away if he needs to. Whatever it has to be. He's Put it in his hands and let him make a play and then kick the field goal after that if you don't get it. And uh, I thought that's probably something Burrow would have liked to do, but he had mistakes on the day too. You mentioned his big rushing TD uh, right before that two-minute drive. He had let a drive down getting into field goal range, and then he pitches it right into Melvin Ingram uh, on the Chargers, a gut, and, and he picks it off and they turn the ball over. And that's just a learning moment. I mean, he's been around Ohio State. Uh, and he's been around LSU and they play great teams and all that. But Melvin Ingram's 31 years old and was all SEC and is an all pro pro bowler. I mean, he's he probably moves a little bit quicker and can get to a spot a little bit, uh, I guess, faster than what you're used to seeing. Uh, and I think all that comes with the Justin. But look, 20, what was he like 24 of 36 or something like that? He played a solid game. And um, look, uh, I think that they're, they play the Browns a couple times. They'll play some other teams that. Uh, are not that great either. So he'll have some chances at some wins, wins Billy. But uh, but I thought it was a, it was a solid debut, especially considered uh, that he had a two minute drill uh, after making a pretty big mistake uh, down there to potentially tie or win it, uh, and it just kind of went south on him. Yeah, story of the Bengals really for the, for the last few years has been really rough over there. Uh, but 
look, I, I think I was impressed with, with Burrow. I, there's a lot you can build off of for him. Uh, like you said, 23 of 36, 193 yards, uh, ran the ball well uh, enough, especially. Uh, he's still looking for that first touchdown pass. He plays the Browns Thursday night, uh, which should be, I think, you know, pretty interesting. You, Grant Delpit, who will be out, uh, is out for the year, won't be playing, but Jacob Phillips uh, will be playing. And so that'll be uh, one for, for them that, you know, you can kind of face them across the way. And of course they've got a uh, greedy Williams and, and some of those other guys. So uh, I think Burrow Burrow is going to have a really strong rookie year. I think, I think probably the six win mark is, is something now that you can kind of circle, but uh, they certainly have a chance to, you know, be able to, to do much better than that. But for somebody uh, who couldn't do much better than he did for his rookie b- debut uh, outside of, getting stuff late on that last drive was Clyde Edwards Alaire leading Kansas City to a win on the opening night of the NFL season and I know it seems like now that it's been it has almost been a week but Clyde was flat out awesome for Kansas City and that was so much fun to watch and uh, he was a big reason why they also uh, slipped in a a, you know a cover and uh, hit the over as well so shout out Clyde for looking out for uh, some of the degenerates with money on the game as well. Yeah, I mean, he had, gosh, he had such a big game. And, and we go into, we're recording this on a Monday, the weekend games, and, and obviously the Thursday game with Clyde have been played. Uh, he leads the league right now in rushing uh, with 138 yards. Um, we'll see. They're, they've got two games tonight, four teams playing. Um, you could see, obviously, Derrick Henry for the Titans. I uh, have to say something about that rushing total. Um, but what is showing so far for him? And and look, a lot of people believed. The, there's some talented young running backs in the NFL uh, out of this class. And um, uh, Edward Dillard is obviously picked first. We saw Cam Akers get some run. J.K. Dobbins got some run this past weekend. Um, certainly, you know, we'll see a, a handful of guys emerge as starters out of this class. But I would say that one thing that's impressive for sure is that you go into that Chiefs offense and any of those other aforementioned guys could go into it and probably have some success. They were blocking very well the other night. They've got Patrick Mahomes and all these weapons. You add a guy like Edward Dealer, and everybody said it was the perfect fit, but he lived up to that hype. Like the hype was rolling before that game started on everyone saying, this guy is my fantasy first rounder. He's going to be one of the league's best running backs. And and he went out there and, and he rose to the occasion. And I think that knowing the offense he's going to be in, uh, granted, Josh Jacobs doesn't have this sort of uh, uh, same love in Oakland in terms of all the different pieces around him, but we saw a year ago Josh Jacobs take over and assert himself as the best rookie running back in the league. And, and now after the first weekend, he showed he's certainly one of the better running backs in the league. At this point, that's the goal for Clyde. You take off and you run with how you performed in week one. You're on the best team. See how far it can take in and enter year two, obviously play well this year. But you're looking towards the future of if you're on that team with his talent, he's going to be considered one of the best backs in football. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And he like you said, all the hype leading up to it. And he even said, you know, I had a little bit of butterflies leading up to it, but once that first hit happened, it all went away and you could tell by the way he performed. And I mean, gosh, Kansas city, just rich, get richer. I mean, having Clyde Edwards, Alaire next to Patty Mahomes in that backfield and, and obviously knowing what he can do, but you mentioned uh, that, you know, Kansas city chiefs, the best team, the defending Super Bowl champions, another team that you know, is certainly gunning for that honor. And, uh, really had an just a dominant performance uh, on Sunday was 
the Baltimore Ravens. And another LSU uh, first-round pick at, in that game just really showed out. Patrick Queen had his first sack. He forced a fumble. He led the team with eight tackles. And he was just exactly, I think, what made them want to take him in the first round. He showed it. He showed up. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens were dominant over the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they had talked. It was the first Ravens, first LSU player ever drafted by the Ravens in the in the modern era of the draft. So, so uh, it was cool to see him go there. It just sounds cool when you're the starting middle linebacker for the Ravens. They've had such great defenses and great names on those defenses over the years. And and Hall of Famers, obviously, like Ray Lewis, playing that spot. So Queen was walking into. Um, and is carrying some heavy expectations on his shoulders. I mean, they spent a first round pick on him. They thought he could be the real, you know, the real deal for him early on. They've got some really good young players uh, across that defense. We saw Marlon Humphrey get that pick right away. And then they just jumped all over the Browns after that. And Queen had his first sack. He led the team in tackles. I thought that that him and Clyde, the weeks could not have gone better for those two, I would say, out of out of almost everyone that played for LSU, rookies or not, uh, in the NFL this past week. I mean, they both seem to just really rise to the occasion. Yeah, and you you look around kind of to round out the uh, the other first-rounders. Uh, Caleb on chase on, uh, had two tackles. Justin Jefferson, two catches three on three targets for 26 yards. That Minnesota game, I thought Minnesota was going to come in and, and, and take care of business, but uh, I'm 99% sure that was how it ended up. But Green Bay was up big. Uh, last I saw it but yeah that was uh probably a tough one to eat for Justin Jefferson you know I think that offense thought that they would just keep rolling and a lot of people were down on Aaron Rodgers including myself but hey that's why uh any given Sunday right so as far as the first rounders go that wraps it up on them we've got plenty more to talk about though not only with the rest of the draft picks that were out there for their first action but a lot of the longtime LSU stars in the NFL showed out right off the bat and we're going to talk about that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, guys, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to the Go 24-7 podcast. And also, we're going to switch it up. Usually we say, hey, check out a VIP subscription to Go 24-7. And I guess I just did that. But we've got a newsletter as well. Wanted to shout that out and and ask you guys to subscribe to that. We send it out usually by the time you're sitting down at your desk or uh, getting into work each morning. And then we usually hit you with a lunchtime uh, update or anything breaking 
Uh, so check out the Go 24-7 newsletter. You can subscribe right on our homepage at go247.com. Shay, uh, some bad news for, for some of the LSU players in the NFL. Jacob Phillips, uh, we don't know the status as of the time of this recording, but he was hurt after getting a start in his first uh, uh, NFL game. Uh, and that really, I mean, that hurts. That wasn't, uh, you know, something that I don't think anybody wanted to see, of course. But uh, and, and he was somebody that wasn't really expecting to start right away. I think, but uh, for him to get hurt, that 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 sucks. You know, your your week one, your your opening, uh, you know, game of your NFL career. You haven't played in the preseason, and for him to go down, that 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 sucks. Yeah, and he got the start um, because I think who it was, Mac Wilson, maybe was hurt to start the game. He was backing him up, uh, or is out right now. He was backing him up. He got the start. And he played into the third quarter. Um, had a tackle on Lamar Jackson, not the. First time I don't think he's faced off against Lamar Jackson. I think at the early end of his college career, he played against him, but um, got it. You know, got to make a big play. Um, certainly be out there, which uh, was big for a third round pick to to be out there in week one, and, and certainly in that role. And we'll see what they say. Uh, Phillips posted a message to his a post to his Instagram, um, really during the game, I think, uh, of him back in the locker room, and he had a big brace over it. It was wrapped. Um, but that might not be an indication of anything too serious. They haven't said what it is yet. They did rule in David Njoku, um, who also got hurt in that game earlier today, uh, earlier on Monday. They said that Njoku and Phillips, they didn't have updates on him yet. Uh, and then right before we started recording this, I saw Njoku uh, had an update shared. So we're probably not far out from hearing what he's up to. They play on Thursday night this week. So obviously, regardless, I doubt he's playing. But um, best wishes to him because he was getting some early run, and, and now the Browns could potentially be without him and Delpit uh, as rookies and, and Greedy Williams, who they drafted, what, a year ago or you know, the, the draft before this year's, and he was a rookie a year ago, I think he was. Uh, regardless, uh, he was out for week one. It doesn't look like he's going to get to face off in week two against Burrow. We'll see. But, boy, the Browns are having some bad LSU luck at the moment. And I don't think Odell caught that, like, two passes for 20 yards. Yeah, that, that game, uh, boy. That was, uh, once again, hyping up the Browns, and there they go out and lay a complete egg on uh, uh, opening opening day against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who are a hell of a hell of a team. But I mean, gosh, they were they had nothing going at all uh, all day, and um, so bad news for for Jacob. Hopefully, he recovers quickly. But look, I mean, Shay in a game that LSU fans, for the most part, are probably very happy with spoiling the debut of uh tom brady in uh in tampa my brother was very upset over that one uh, devin white 11 tackles one one uh pass breakup on his day uh and then Quan alexander former uh tampa bay linebacker now with san francisco had nine uh nine tackles and then duke riley six tackles in a half sack in uh philly's uh loss in come from behind fashion to the washington football team that was awesome to see at least uh for me but uh, linebackers continuing to produce in the NFL just right off the bat. And then I think the biggest potentially storyline out of the LSU players for the weekend, maybe outside of Clyde, who's, you know, on Thursday, uh, Thursday's the new Friday. So that's a weekend, but Jamal Adams, 12 tackles, a sack, two and a half tackles for loss after the off season that he's had going from New York to Seattle. That was awesome, uh, to, uh, see for Jamal, uh, going out there and, and taking care of business, uh, 
you know, at least on, on his level, even though uh, Seattle, um, uh, sorry, they, they did end up winning and, and beating the Falcons, I think, if I have that right. But, um, you know, he just had a huge performance right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, that was big for him because he, let's be real, I mean, he is certainly, people who watch the NFL will tell you, he's one of the NFL's best safeties, young or old. He, they don't draft safeties in the first round for a reason. Um, guys go in the second round beyond. It can be like running back at times. And he was a top 10 pick and, and for good reason. And I think people, because he taught, he lets that mouth flow. Uh, and he talks a lot of trash. He talked a lot of trash while in New York. Uh, talked a lot of trash when he left New York. Doesn't, uh, he's a good soundbite for reporters, certainly. But uh, I think people, certainly in this one, uh, early on here, they were, licking their chops the jamal haters out there are probably a lot of jets fans to see him fall flat uh, in the trade where he now is obviously in a much better spot for himself and uh he did the, quite the opposite boy he was playing uh with his hair on fire i was kind of jumping back and forth between games so uh, i was able to watch a bit of it but uh, i did have people text me saying that he was pretty thorough throughout and and yeah double digit tackles and and getting into the stat category in a, a couple of other spots will uh, that'll do for week one that'll make the seahawks feel good about uh, the trade that they put in to make that defense a bit better. Yeah. And uh, on the other side of that, Russell Gage, congratulations to him. Nine catches, 12 targets, 114 yards uh, with a receiving core with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. And that, that was just awesome to see for Russell Gage, who was a terrific athlete at LSU, put it all together late in his career. And now it seems like he's going to take off in 2020. Yeah, he had a good strong end of the year last year when, um, as you mentioned, he plays with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They're two of the NFL's best receivers, but Ridley got hurt for a handful of games at the end of last year. And Gage was that number two guy because they had already traded Mohamed Sanu. And and I think they saw something in him then because all offseason they said, oh, yeah, he's the starting slot guy. He'll be out there with them. And and you mentioned it on the other side of the Seattle game. Congrats to him it's been evident too that the Falcons aren't great. So they're probably going to be playing from behind a lot this year. And that means that Matt Ryan's going to be throwing it a ton. And uh, I think the beneficiary of that is certainly the, the receiver core. And we saw, uh, as we mentioned, all 12, all, all 12, all three of those guys, Julio and Ridley and Russell Gage had 12 targets. They all caught nine passes. They all went over a hundred yards. Um, Ridley had the two touchdowns and, and Julio and Gage didn't have any, but uh, that will probably mix up uh, a bit, kind of go around the group. Uh, and I think Gage will end up grabbing him uh, a couple this year, which would be huge news because last year, I think he had 400 yards, Billy, last year total, which bulk of that came at the end when he started uh, actually starting. Um, and, uh, and he's got one career touchdown in two years. So after coming out of the gate in week one like that, double-digit targets, 100-and-something yards, I would think he's going to get a couple of touchdowns this season and and certainly be in a really good spot in year three of his career there. Yeah, I mean that that was probably the biggest surprise I think of of uh, Sunday was was Russell Russell Gage in a, in a way doing that and uh, now it looks like as we look ahead uh, we're recording on Monday this should be up by the time you guys uh, you know turn on Monday Night Football but when you do check out Lloyd Cushenberry starting at center for the Denver Broncos and Christian Fulton could be very well starting for the Titans potentially Adore Jackson is uh, out with an injury it appears. And so that would mean certainly a bigger role for Christian in his uh, first NFL game as uh, the Broncos and Titans get together. Uh, and then uh, there's also, uh, I believe the Steelers are playing uh, the late game uh, as well um, against the, uh, the New York Giants. 
Uh, and they're, they're actually the early game. So my bad. I messed that up. But anyway, that's your Monday night football slate. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have Cincinnati and Cleveland getting together on Thursday night. Uh, but, Shay, I mean, for, for Lloyd and, and Christian, I mean, it's got to be cool going against each other, you know, just to start your NFL career and at least seeing a familiar face uh, across the way in this, in this weird time. Yeah, good. I'm excited to see Lloyd, D. Lou, Damian Lewis got a start at right guard for the Seahawks this past weekend. We'll get to see Christian Barry at center for the Broncos. And and as you mentioned, with Adore Jackson out, um, they'll be uh, Christian Fulton. He'll be out there. He was already going to play some, uh, but now they're down to, oh gosh, Malcolm Brown. Oh man, who do they even have? Malcolm Jenkins and Jonathan Joseph, maybe um, at the cornerback spots. Both those guys are in their 30s. So the plan was for Fulton and, and Adore to emerge as kind of the long-term long-term options. I said Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Butler, um, as the sort of long-term options. Now, now Adore's not even playing week one. Christian will get to play a lot. And like I said, we're recording this obviously before the game on Monday night. I'm pretty eager to see it. Um, and he gets to face off with the Broncos. It's been a first-round pick on Jerry Judy. And Christian Fulton and Jerry Judy got quite familiar playing each other uh, in recent years. They had a great showing. Uh, battle up in Tuscaloosa uh, last November. So we might get some more SEC on SEC action here tonight with uh, with a pretty good battle of of the SEC's top corner and, or one of the top corners and one of the top receivers from uh, the 2019 season. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. I'm glad football's back. That was, uh, I don't know if I'd been looking forward to or realizing how much I, I was looking forward to the NFL until yesterday. That was a uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fine without fans, you know, for the most part, some stadiums have them, some Stadiums didn't, but uh, it was sure nice to to have it back. It makes it makes your weekend kind of feel a little bit more normal. It it puts days back in place. Like days are a thing now, you know. And in, in COVID times, I feel like we were sitting around and not knowing what day of the week it is. Well, with Saturdays back and Sundays now back, uh, I feel like the days of the week are starting to kind of become a little bit more important. Shay. Well, you'll only need to remember one day in about two weeks, Saturday, because LSU football would be back Mississippi State, September 26th in Tiger Stadium, 25% capacity, go 24-7s in the building. That, that's when football is very real. And I don't, that's what maybe I won't be ready for is when it actually arrives. And I say, okay, and I, we thought forever it wasn't going to happen, and, and here it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, the days of the week for me are very – very simple right now. Every other day, the Lightning have been playing uh, in the NHL playoffs, and that's how I'm keeping track of everything. So they'll they'll be back at it on Tuesday. They're one win from the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, sports are sports are rolling right now. I gotta say, it's been awesome. Wait, is the other team one win from the finals too? Yeah, the Dallas Stars are one win away. Uh, they're playing the Las Vegas Knights. Right oh no, now. no, I meant who? Who are the are the Lightning's opponent? Is this a game seven? What do we got going on here? Tomorrow? No, no, Lightning just took a three one series lead. Both both teams oh, are uh, both Lightning and Dallas are up three one in their uh, series right now. So and Billy loves Tampa because or loves Lightning because he's from Tampa. For all those yep. people wondering why you care about hockey, yep, born and raised. Dad played college hockey. I grew up playing so. We got a big hockey family, and it, which is probably not. And, and Billy and Billy plays in the beer leagues as well. Yes, I do enjoy some beverages and hockey from time to time. There you go. So, but with that, guys, we're going to shut down this edition of the pod. Uh, enough hockey talk for sure. Maybe we'll hit you with golf talk next time. Um, but thanks for listening to this edition of the pod. We'll be coming at you later this week with more. We hear from Ed Ogeron on Tuesday with his media availability. So there will be a lot to break down on that front. And uh, like I said, 
Thanks for listening. Hope everybody had a great weekend and has a solid week. We'll catch you next time.